So welcome back to Fight Talk with us, Super Necessary. Uh, today we're joined by one championship fighter, Peter Beist. We've, yeah. we've been we've been struggling with this for the last few days. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we got it right for you there. Yeah, it's uh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, no problem. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. So um, I, I'm curious. Sorry, how is it that you? Pronounce your surname just just for future reference for, for everyone. Boast, boast, boast. Okay, <laughs> right. we'll remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Dutch, Dutch yeah. is a great country. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we've heard so many different pronunciations of it. It just we yeah, we both felt right. <laughs> sometimes it's boast, sometimes it's boost. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so we'll jump, we'll jump right into it. Uh, so, tell us how you got started in combat sports. Uh, yeah, when I was small, I watched a lot of Bruce Lee films, Dragon Ball Z, Power Rangers. You know how it goes. So yeah, I just rolled into it, and I don't know. I think it's a God-given thing that I already knew from a young age of four years old, five years old, that I wanted to be a fighter. But I never knew that you could make money off it. Off it. Uh, I always thought you had to be an actor, uh, those kind of stuff. But then I saw the K1 for the first time. And I saw uh, Ernesto Hust win the K1 championship. And he got a check of uh, $400,000 and sponsorship deals. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what I want to do. And then... I found out that the Dutch people in kickboxing are one of the best, if not the best. So I, I lived a couple of minutes from uh, Golden Glory at that time. And so I started training uh, kickboxing. I did. I started with judo. I did judo for six years. Then I started with kickboxing. And then from kickboxing, uh, after more than 100 fights, uh, I rolled into MMA because... Uh, deep in my heart, MMA was my uh, my my yeah, true passion, and uh, yeah, because I saw Bruce Lee fighting on the ground and stand up, and then I saw Pride, and I was like, wow. And then, <laughs> then I saw Genki Sudo fighters like Genki Sudo, and I'm like, what the hell? I want to do that. But my trainer <laughs> at that time, he was like, no, no, you first have to learn stand up, and then you can progress in uh, in MMA. When I was 22, 23, I uh, decided to give up everything. I, I finished my school, found a job uh, as a garbage man, and uh, so that I con could combine my training with uh, with work. With work. Then, uh, yeah, after a difficult time, I, I end up on sleeping on the street. But slowly, I build myself up, and then. When uh, a couple of years ago, I became world champion at the WFL uh, event uh, the, of uh, Melvin Manouf. And then, uh, uh, yeah, then I, I, I started fighting full time. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> um, so, so you mentioned that you were uh, also on the streets uh, for, for a, little, a little while, uh, if you're willing. Uh, would you be able to talk about that experience and how you changed that situation for yourself? Uh, yeah, I, uh, where I grew up, it's a rough neighborhood. Uh, a lot of uh, people on welfare. 
and my mother was also a, a, a single mom with three uh, boys on welfare. So yeah, the, in our neighborhood, there are not a lot of options to come out. So there were a lot of uh, drug dealers and uh, a fighter named Errol Zimmerman. Everybody knows him. When, uh, if you know kickboxing, you know Errol Zimmerman. He lives in uh, our neighborhood and he broke free from that environment and he became a, yeah, a K1 fighter at the time. So he really showed me how you, that, that it's possible. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, my, my, my start was not, uh, at, at life was not that easy. No, no money. Uh, I had to do, sometimes I did stupid things to get money, you know, and, uh, at, at one time my, uh, mother decided to kick me out because, uh, of financial uh, problems, uh, because if you're in Holland, you have, uh, if you're on welfare and your children become adult they see it as a income so they shorten your welfare so my mother had to kick me out so i end up on the streets i slept a couple of weeks on the streets and then uh, it's for me it was it was truly a blessing and an eye opener because uh, it 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 forced me to uh, choose between two different roads the bad the bad side or the good side yeah the bad side is drugs dealing or uh, criminal activities and the good side was uh, finishing my school pay off my debts and become a full-time fighter and i choose that that yeah that road it was hard still is hard but i will never change anything uh, if i could change yeah and the man who i am today I, i think that's incredible the fact that you were able to change your situation and come out the other side and be where you are now. It's absolutely yeah. incredible, mate. Yeah. I mean, it's a very inspiring story that you have being able to overcome so much adversity at, you know, at an early stage of, of your life. So has that helped you become the, the fighter and, and the man you are today? Yeah, it made me everything. It, it gave me a, a, a true and honest mindset. So if there's a problem, I always look at myself at first. I never blame other people for my problem. And it gives me a work ethic like no one else. You know, uh, for me, it's never enough. I, I always said, I people always say, say to me, Peter, Peter, you have to enjoy your your road to success and your, your progression. But I'm always like, no, I will enjoy it when I'm retiring. <laughs> then I will reach, enjoy it. Now it's for me, it's just, I have fun in what I do. I truly, uh, I made my my hobby, my passion, my, my work, but I still don't see it as work. It's for me, it's just a lifestyle. I, I, I am a fighter. I, I breathe fighting. I eat fighting. I live fighting. I sleep fighting, you know? So it made me, uh, yeah, a, a good a better person in life because be, before I was, you know, I was a street street guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know how those kind of people are. Yeah, now I'm a, and I'm a fight and I'm a father. I'm a fighter. I'm a ambassador for uh, for poor people uh, in in uh, for poor children in Holland who can't afford uh, sports accommodation. So, 
you know, I, I started to become a role model for a lot of children now. And that, that's, that's because I, I know their stories and I know how it feels for those kids. Yeah, maybe you've been through it yourself, haven't you? So it's good that you're able to get back. But I do need to point out that I think our eyebrows are in competition here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned at the start that you, uh, you did some judo uh, for a couple yeah. of years. How much of what you learned transferred over to MMA? <clears throat> uh, especially the the base. You know, uh, your balance, it's, mm. uh, I got it from judo, uh, knowing how to fall, because a lot of kickboxers who transition uh, to MMA, when they fall they and they stand up, they are immediately uh, tired, because yeah. it's, it's very hard if you're not used to it. So those kind of things helped me a lot in, in, in my MMA career. Still have a lot to learn, of course, but... Uh, uh, a lot of people didn't knew that I did a lot of judo, so it's, it's a s- small secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you mentioned you had, you know, over a hundred fights in in kickboxing, um, yeah. and and not MMA. That wasn't your start. What makes kickboxing so so popular in the Netherlands? I don't know. This the 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 mainstream media isn't. Is 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 just picking up kickboxing since a couple of years because of Rico Verhoeven. But in the K1 time, uh, it wasn't in the mainstream as popular as people think. Uh, but I, I I think it's because in Holland uh, we have a saying: uh, uh, if you act normal, that's strange enough, you know. So <laughs> so. <laughs> If if you in Holland is really every gym I I I I come to it's it's the same philosophy. You become world champion on uh, Saturday, on Sunday you chill, on Monday you train. When when uh, when I was uh, my last fight in with with Rainier the Ritter in uh, Singapore, in Singapore everybody wants to make uh, take pictures with us with Rainier with me, but when we are in Holland. When he was standing with his belt in in the middle of of the airport and nobody was looking at, some people look at like <laughs> that is a nice belt and then they walk on. That that's Holland. Yeah. Holland in Holland just just act normal. That's good enough. Yeah, it seems to be a very a different mentality to fighting in Holland from what I've heard. I mean, I'm, um, I was listening to another podcast you've done a few years ago. Um, yeah. And you mentioned like you you hadn't heard of fight camps until you started in MMA, and um, yeah. you know you mentioned like how the diet stuff doesn't really come into it in Holland. Everybody like everybody drinks, everybody smokes, everybody eats like greasy <laughs> food. But then you know, but then as you say, the Holland is at the top of the world when it comes to kickboxing. So it, it obviously works. What the mentality over there? Yeah, it's be, it's because. Uh... We see it as a street fight, you know. When I did kickboxing, I we we did weigh-ins, but we always had a because my mother couldn't afford uh, the kickboxing gym, so she, uh, we made a deal with the trainer at that time that I he, he had a kickboxing ring rental company, 
So every weekend he uh, rents he rents his uh, fighting rings to uh, events. So the the deal was that I joined the, the my old trainer, build up the rings, and then I could train for free and fight for free. So I was fighting every weekend. But there was always a, a rule with every gym in Holland. If you go to a fighting event, even when you're on the fifth seat or what, whatever, if you're a fighter, you always bring your shorts, your groin protector, and your mouth guard. Because you never know if a fight falls out and they come to you, yeah. hey, do you want to fight? So I fought every weekend. And I, we weighed in, but sometimes I, I would step on the scale and my opponent was six kilo heavier than me. And my and our trainer was always like, yeah, but if you're in a street fight, you don't ask the person how much do you weigh. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, fight. Exactly. So that that's that's uh yeah, that's a, a Holland thing, I think. Yeah. Oh, we, we we just we just acting normal, but we train we train fucking hard. Trust me, <laughs> I train with a lot of people all around the world. With UFC fighters with. K1 fighters from other countries, they say people in Holland is not normal, especially in Holland. We have a, a Wednesday tradition. It's Wednesday is midday and midday means full out sparring. So sometimes when I, my old trainer was, is Nicky Hammers from uh, Hammers gym and the old, uh, the old Golden Glory gym. And when we sparred, I sparred with Marat and even with Jamal Ben Sadiq. And Jamal is a 150 kilo guy. And he kicked me. And I'm a, seven, I'm a lightweight fighter, you know. And he kicked me around. But in Holland, it's like, hey, you want to fight? You have to fight everyone. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know? It, I mean, it's, it's a good way to to get your skill set up, though. It's a good, it's a good way to... Yeah. Like you say, if it was if it was on the street, you wouldn't... It, it wouldn't matter that he was over half, you know, more than yeah. your weight, it just, it <laughs> yeah. just happened. So it's a good, it's a good mentality to have and it's obviously served you well. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned uh, earlier that you, after a fight, you have one, one day rest and then you're back to training. Is yeah. that regardless of injuries as well? Or Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I fought Edward Fuller, my, I, I, don't, I don't think if you can see it, See, my thumb is a little bit, yeah, this one is yeah. sticking out yeah, because yeah. it was dislocated and popped back in. So I fought on Friday, Saturday, I flew from Manila back to Holland and I was Sunday morning in Holland and then I enjoyed time with my family. But on Monday, I got, I went to my physiotherapist, he put on some brace on it and in the evening I was training already. <laughs> <laughs> it's a normal thing you know for Holland it, Dutch people it's like you know uh, on Friday you win you're a champion on Sunday you're already oh, Sunday yeah Saturday you're already you know busy with your next opponent when Rani yeah. beat Edward Follian we were back on a Tuesday I think the same yeah, Tuesday morning we were in Holland and Tuesday evening we are already in the gym <laughs> It's crazy. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but for uh, us, it's a lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In Holland, they say if you work a normal job, you can't say to the boss, yeah, I had a good, uh, I had a good week, so uh, I take uh, a week off. The boss say like, yeah, fuck you. you, you one day you're back. 
was it always the was it always the plan for you to to move into MMA? Was that always your goal? Yeah, yeah. I uh, people in Holland they called me crazy because at that time everybody was doing kickbox, but I already knew when I did kickboxing I already felt that I was missing some things. You know, I'm I'm an athletic guy, and I couldn't use my full potential in kickboxing. So when I when I uh, when I hit my yeah when I hit rock bottom and and end up on the street, I re I really forced myself. It was a, a a real enforcement for me to do what I really like because uh, after twelve years of kickboxing, I I really didn't get get hyped anymore for a fight. I was like, yeah, okay, let's fight. You know, it was like it wasn't up. my yeah, it was yeah, it was it was my passion. Yeah. When I then I really I, I already I already knew that I was lying to myself. So when I when I end up on the streets, it was really an eye opener for me. Okay, now it's time to do what you really want to do and go full full throttle with it. And yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> exactly. You you ranked a third, I believe. Is it in the in the lightweight division? Yeah, right? yeah. The lightweight division is now, you know, it's 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 uh, fluctuating. So. I think I'm still in the top ten, yeah. maybe top five. But <clears throat> yeah, so it's just, it, it just you know it's 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 fun to see yourself in the top five ranking. And I'm, but now I'm like, yeah, I just want to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what what fight would make uh, most sense for yourself then? Would it be the fight with uh, Eddie Lapkus or would it be uh, Eddie Alvarez? Do you think? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, for me, to be honest, of course I want to fight Eddie Alvarez, but for me, it's just you know every fighter has two two legs, two arms, and one head. Yeah. And I'm always saying if it, if if they aren't Jesus Jesus Christ, I can beat them. So <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for me it doesn't matter. But the Eddie Alvarez fight is always nice, and the Yuri fight is. Always nice. I heard some rumors that maybe those two are fighting each other. So right. we will see. I already had an opponent for uh, January 22, but he pulled out. Oh. No, that's true. Yeah, the reason was stupid. He, he one said, yeah, that he he said he wasn't ready. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> he, 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 was, he wasn't ready for you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I wasn't ready. And I'm like, wait, what? He, he has a good re His record was 12 and 2. So what the fuck do you want more? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, something like that must, must really sound a bit weird to someone like you who like you say you fight on a Friday and you're back training on a Monday it's like so for someone to say they're not ready must be like really bizarre for the like Dutch mentality yeah it's for Dutch for in Holland <laughs> we never say that trust me <laughs> we never say that my first kickboxing fight was when I was training for three weeks kickboxing I thought I was 14 years old 13 or 40 years old and I fought a man who was 32 Trust me, we don't. We, we don't. Uh, if you if you are injured or something is with the family, then we in Holland we understand it. But 
not ready, being not ready, go go work for a boss, man. <laughs> go away, yeah, leave me alone. It's a poor excuse, I must admit. Yeah. Um, when you were moving into MMA, did you look up at the likes of uh, Alistair Overeem and, and Baz Rutten? Were they people you looked up to? Yeah, of course. I met them. Uh, they trained uh, in the gym uh, near near me. It's three minutes from my house. So I saw Alistair Overeem a lot. I saw uh, Baz Rutten a couple of times. I have still uh, some uh, connection with him through internet. And uh, yeah, I saw a lot of fighters. I saw Sammy Skilled. I saw Gurkhan Saki, uh, Ruslan Karev, uh, you name it. All the big names I met them. For me, it was normal, you know. My when I did a, a, an internship for school, my my interim leader was uh, Khalid Arab. I don't know if you know him. He was also a K1 fighter, and and uh, Stefan Leko was there, and everybody was there. So. For me, it was normal to see those guys, you know. Yeah. So we we know that your your goal is to be be champions. Um, just wondering, what do you make of Christian Lee as the current champion, and do you feel you have a a, a game plan to to beat him? Yeah, Christian Lee is a is a good fighter. He, uh, I I I don't hate him. I don't. You know, I, I don't have a grudge against him. It's just business. But uh, I think he's a little bit privileged because of his, yeah, his, his family. Uh, because his family is uh, always taking care of him, and his sister is on a high level, and his smaller sister is now getting a contract with one yeah, championship. Absolutely. And I'm happy. I'm happy. It's, it's no. It, you know, I don't have any bad. Bad, bad things, thoughts about them. But you know, for me, it's like I earned my stuff, and I'm still earning my things. And he's a little bit privileged, but I know how to how to get him. Uh, you know, yeah. for, for Christian, yeah. you have to be mentally ready because he's an aggressive fighter, and he comes to fight. He's not afraid of you, and he truly believes he's a champion. He's doing a good job from. Until uh, now, so give me a year and I will beat him within <laughs> within this year. Within this year, that's what we like to hear. Uh, you mentioned Edward Foleyang. Um, obviously, he's a massive name in mm-hmm. in one, and you took that fight on two weeks' notice. Yeah. Um, what did it? It must have felt absolutely amazing to get to get the victory over somebody so loved and respected in in one. Yeah, it was. Uh... My son was born on the 4th of January and then a week later, so I was training, normally I'd always train two times a day, but then I was training on one time a day, sometimes not because, yeah, I want to enjoy that moment. And then my manager called me and he said, are you ready for the big thing? And I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> I was sitting with my, my born, newly born son. And he said, okay, yeah, within two weeks. So that means one week training in Holland, then uh, flying to Manila. And, you know, uh, within two weeks, you have to fight Edward Folion in Manila. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, you know he, you, sometimes uh, a lot of fighters, a lot of people don't understand that 
some opportunities come once in a lifetime. You have to take it. If you're ready or not, you you will never be ready for the ultimate test. You only have to take it. So I I took it. I I, I was in shape. I was feeling great. And and for me, it was also my the my auntie, my my the sister of my mother is married with a Filipino uh, guy. So uh, she's living for I think 40 years now in in uh, the Philippines. So I call I called her and I arranged some tickets for her and. And she came over with my niece and with friends. So I had a little bit, but we were 25,000 people. And I think 10 were for me. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was amazing, man. I was, uh, I had zero game plan, zero, you know, I only thing what I had was the belief in myself. And it, that week was, you know, uh, an awesome week, man. Yeah, it was an awesome start of the year 2020. Yeah, and um, you've you just said then that you didn't really have a game plan. So this this might be the same, but we we done a, a episodes and we had watched a, a one championship. Our first time watching you, and I remember yeah. you were saying, "Well, why didn't you need to like kick some?" Obviously, that's easy for us to say because we're not in the fight. <laughs> But uh, I was wondering, what did you have a game plan when you went into the fight with uh, Nash Uchen? Uh Yes, but my mindset wasn't there. Right. Uh, there were a couple of things happening in my personal life. You know, they uh, they found something in my girlfriend. Uh, uh, um, they found a little spot of cancer. So the day that I had to fly to uh, Singapore, I had to drop off my girlfriend in the hospital. They had to be remove that small part of cancer. So in the back of my head, I was, yeah, you know, you know making, uh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, bothering me, and I was too busy with with what was happening in the world, you know. Yeah, I was, I was really getting depressed of the lockdown. I really, you know, you see, it was, it is for everyone, uh, the same thing. You see. As a, a snap of the finger, everything you worked for feels oh. felt in nothing. You know, yeah. why should I be a champion? Maybe in two weeks the world is over. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it felt for me like that, and I was too much. I was too busy with those kind of things and not with the fight. And uh, yeah, that, that that was my fault. So yeah, I it it, it mentally I block I blockaded myself completely so yeah. when i was standing everything what 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 could go wrong went wrong yeah. so in that fight uh, everybody saw it that, that wasn't the normal me normally i'm aggressive and more tactical not hesitating and i was uh, i was like constantly in my mind fighting with myself yeah and I constantly try to you know, motivate myself to to work harder, but it wouldn't come out. It was it was a there was the first time in my life that that uh, the second second or third time in my life that that happened. So uh, right away when I uh, when I, I lost that fight, of course it was it was so fucked up because I had to uh, after the fight I have to go in lockdown again for two days. Yeah. So it was two days on my room. And my fight was broadcasted a week later. So for me, it felt like I was losing two times. 
because I couldn't say anything. Because if you say something, what the results are, you get a fine, of course. Right. And uh, but it was also a real eye opener for me because I always knew that uh, the mental part of the game wasn't as sharpened as my uh, of the rest of my game. Yeah. So uh, right away when I w was in Holland, I uh, got in contact with a mental coach, and who is you know I, I I'm a guy from the streets and a mental coach is sounds like you know yeah, you know, yeah. yogi yogi stuff thing you know <laughs> but Rainier also helped me with that he said yeah Peter trust me I always I every day he told me that he he's training his mental state. And I'm, my mental state was like, okay, gloves on, shut the fuck up, and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm learning myself to to prepare me mentally, to to to, you know, sometimes some thoughts come in your head, how to deal with them, and and the mental, it's it's not, it's it's helping me a lot. I I I really feel it during training, I really feel it during sparring sessions, you know, uh, and. It, it 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 this this loss has is is a hard one because if I won if I would won I I was fighting for the title then yeah but but the the best lessons are the hardest one so yeah. this this only makes me stronger and more motivated you know it is this loss also reminded me why I'm doing this you know because I was really saying to myself why why am I fighting maybe. Next week, uh, we can't fly anymore and you can't fight, uh, you know, those kind of thoughts. And now, but now I'm like, you know, I, I'm truly blessed. I have, a, I have a rare opportunity in life. God gave me a talent and it's, it's, it's not my style to waste that. So I'm training my ass off mentally and physically now, you know, okay. and it, it makes me very much, much stronger much stronger trust me this loss has it's 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 a sour pill to swallow but it, it was necessary yeah, yeah. i mean the, the the mental side of it, it does play a, a everything yeah it's like, everything so trust me if if people if 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 uh if i should go if they ask me if i would go in physically weak and mentally strong or mentally weak and physically strong i would choose always mentally strong and physically weak always mentally yeah. is everything if you if you're mentally not there your body won't follow yeah, yeah. and i hope um, that your you, your partner had a, a swift recovery is she she well now uh my my yes yeah yes they uh cut away that that uh cancer uh part and now she every year she has to check up right so it was a, we were on time it was a small thing but you know, if you feel, if you hear, you know, your partner comes home and they say, yeah, they found a little bit of cancer in my body. I was like, you know, we have yeah, gifts. Yeah. We have, everything was going great. We have, uh, um, uh, uh, we bought a house together, and then you hear that, it feels like, fuck, I'm going to lose yeah. everything. Yeah, you yeah, know? everything. Yeah. But I, I normally I don't tell these kind of things, but. You know, it's good to share those things yeah, so that people yeah. know what's up with you. And it's great that you're so open. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no problem. No, I'm glad to, glad to hear they got, got 
yeah. early anyway. Um, yeah. So have you, have you always been the, the type of fighter who can take positivity from defeat? Yeah, yes. I don't know why. The first two days, I want to kill myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I lost five times in my, in my MMA career. The first two days, I always want to kill myself. I don't want to go out. I don't want to hear comfortable things like, ah, he did a great job. No, if I did a great job, I, I, I would have won. You know, I didn't, don't want to hear anything. And then, but I always realize when I have those kind of moments, you, the self-reflection is the most realest one ever. If you win, you have self-reflection, but you're like, yeah, but I won, so why should I change this or that? But when you lose, you have to change some things to become better because you don't want to lose anymore. And I always had that, you know, I always saw the positive things in life, you know. I, I, I hate it when people around me are like negative and this kind of stuff. I always see uh, the glass half full, not half empty, you know. Yeah, yeah. Best way to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, you mentioned earlier um, that you you train with Derrida, uh, but you yeah. also train with Greg Musashi as well. Yes. Oh, how important is it to train with with fighters like them? You no, know, as as you talk about mentally and, and physically, like what what's that like? It's a good uh, check up to look where where you are at. You no, know, same thing if you if you're if you're a soccer player and you you, you can hang with the guys with like Cristiano Ronaldo, those kind of guys, you know you're a world league fighter. So when I train with Musashi, with with Costello, with Rani de Ritter, with Gökhan, all those all those you know Stefan Struve also, and yeah. all those kind of guys, you know where you're at. And when you you have a training camp and you can hang with those guys, sometimes submit them and they submit you and you beat them, you know you're ready for the world. Yeah. And it's it's very important to to believe in yourself when you have to fight and those those guys give you an enormous boost, especially Giga Musashi. He's the he's the the best fighter there is, in my opinion. He is he's completely but the most awesome thing is he's he's really a normal, chill Dutch guy when he walks in the gym with his glasses. Sometimes on his flip flops, always late, you know. Hey guys, uh, 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 and then when he starts, when he when he put it on his gloves, he's completely serious, changes, and yeah. he knows. Fuck out. <laughs> and then enough. when when the training's over, he's, you're making jokes with him. Sometimes you, uh, you know, we we have uh, uh, he and I have now our. Uh, uh, I said that Trump would win, and he said Joe Biden would win. And the loser has to bow down for the other one and give him 50 euros. So I have to give him <laughs> But those kind of, you know, he's just a normal guy. He's, he's, he's a friend. With Costello also, he's a friend. You know, you make jokes. He's yeah. Bought jokes. There's stupid things like normal people do. He's just a normal guy, but he's a great example of how you should fight, how you should be outside the ring, how you should... Uh, use your money, you know, you, how to invest. He, he, he and his brother, Gaywick, he, he helps me and Rainier and Costello and the young, the new generation a lot with how to, you know, if the, the fighting world is a hard world, 
yeah. this not always the most fair world. So he helps you how to deal with certain situations. And that's that's awesome. And he he has done everything that's possible in MMA. And he's still, you know, on, on a grind. So yeah, it's it's for me it, and Rainier also and, and, and the other guys, Costello and Gökhan, it, he's really the, ex, the best example to have at this, at the, yeah, at this moment. Um, so what's the ultimate goal for you in, in one at the moment, obviously, besides that lightweight title? Yeah, I don't know. Enjoy my road fight, fight as many times as I can, win everything, but mostly enjoy it. Improve, become better, be an example is for me also an important thing. You know, I grew up without a father, so I never had a, an example. And, but now my son, when I, sometimes when I walk with my son to his school and, and, and children there are running to me and uh, Peter Buzz, maybe we have a picture. <laughs> and my son is like, yeah, that's my father. And uh, <laughs> like, yeah, <man. laughs> yeah. you know, the, 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 it's, it's fighting. I fight for myself, of course, but it's much bigger than that. You know, I fight for people who don't have it great in life. I fight for people who, who need inspiration. I fight for, you know, my community, for... For all the people in the world who are in bad times, to show them that even when it's hard, even when it's you know when when it looks like you are going to lose, there's always a way to win, you know. And I'm always I always knew that I would be a champion, uh, not like a Khabib, you know, unbeaten and <laughs> this kind of thing. I'm I'm a champion more like how do you say? Uh, and GSP, you know, he lost a couple of times, but yeah. he always came back and always stayed humble. For me, that's that's the most important thing to stay humble, no matter how great you are, no matter how many how much money you have. It's always I always be Peter. If sometimes people come at my door and ask me if they can take a picture with the belts, I'm like, yeah, come in, and they were like, come in. <laughs> Yeah, you have your, you have, a, you have your PlayStation jersey. Let's uh, play a game. Uh, you know, <laughs> just hang out. One time I was doing a barbecue and people were walking uh, through my uh, next to my house and they were and I heard them talk. Yeah, he is a, a MMA fighter and I, and I opened my port. Hey, are you hungry? So come in. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for me that's important, but. Uh, with with the belt, I always said I, I I will take the belt and I will defend it more than twelve times. I always make a, a almost impossible uh, mindset so that my work ethic is at that level. You know, if yeah. I say I will take the belt and I will defend it a couple of times, then my work ethic will be at that level. But if if I say uh, and I really believe I really believe that I can I can and will do it. I will take that belt and I will, I will defend it at least 12 times. Then my work ethic will be at that level. And then when, when I'm at 10 or 11 title defense, I will say, man, maybe 24. So, <laughs> then, <you know? laughs> always, raising, always raising the bar for yourself. Always raising. I don't have a, um, 
uh, how do you say it? Uh, yeah, mark. I don't have a mark, you know. I don't say I want a one million dollars because I I look also up like fighters like Tyson Fury, and he made a mistake that Klitschko was his ultimate achievement. Then he 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 beat that achievement and he got depressed because he didn't have any achievement yeah. anymore. And I really listen to guys like him that you always have to have a, a purpose, an achievement, and at, at least one achievement that's almost impossible. So that you always have, you know, a fighter is a is a mentally weak person. I have always, always, every fighter has doubts. Every so he has to have a a reason to stand up and go to the gym. For me, even in COVID, I trained one or two times a day because yeah. I was like, yeah, next week it will open. Next week it will open. Next week it will open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you surprised that like you mentioned you, you invite people in and stuff? Are you surprised by their surprise that you're so like, friendly and, and inviting? You know, maybe the fans and that might think that wouldn't be, be the, the case, but are you surprised by how surprised they are when you say, come in, you know, come and have some food and stuff? Yeah, because for me, I'm just a normal kid, you know. Yeah. Most time on Instagram, I had a fan from the Philippines. It was, it was his birthday. He was like, hey, uh, is it okay to, to video call with you? And I didn't answer, so I called him. Yeah. And he was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm just Peter, you know. Yeah. I'm just a normal. You stay you know, humble. Yeah, it's, I'm not more than you or my neighbor. I'm I'm the same. I just do it. A great sport. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, you do have a lot of time for your fans, and mm. even when I sent you the message to about coming on, like you replied so quickly, I was yeah. I was a bit shocked myself mm. to be yeah. honest. Though. I didn't expect <laughs> you to. Have, Reply at don't all, be if, if I'm being honest. Don't but, be <laughs> but no, I mean, just just talking to you and speaking to you, yeah. we can tell that that's just the type of person that you are, and it's it's refreshing to see you don't get many people like that who are in sort of high profile positions. No, it's 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 the same. Uh, the people at one day also, you know, they know when Ranier and I coming. We are always loose. Every fighter is so tense in yeah. the fight week. And we were walking around in flip-flops. Hey, <laughs> in, hey. You know, you have to do the, um, the hydration test. And I always walk to Rich. He's the, the, match, the boss of the matchmaking. And I always walk to him. And I, I, I always uh, try to drop the, some pee on him, you know. <laughs> he was like, hey, you should be nervous. And I'm like, ah, man, shut the fuck up. That's <laughs> all, man. You know, for me, just, we just having fun. We just... Enjoy it. Try, yeah, enjoy the moment. Try yeah. to be, we try to be the best. You know, um, for for us, it's it's it's. Uh, we know uh, that we aren't great in everything, but we know that we can beat the best at the moment that we should beat the best. Yeah. That's, that's that's our main goal. A lot of fighters want to be the best wrestler and the best kickboxer and the best boxer and the best this and the, no. You have to accept that you have some good things and you have some bad things. And yeah. the only thing that matters is the day that you're fighting, that, that you win. 
that you beat that opponent and the first opponent is yourself and then the other one. And that's, that's, that's uh, being humble is a great part of it. So yeah, for me, it's, it's strange, you know, uh, if people, people try to lift me higher than, yeah. you know, I always tell them, don't idolize me. I'm just a weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> weird guy. <laughs> Um, so I, I like your uh, your, your uh, opinion. I like to pick your your fight brain. Um, I, I, I'm gonna say his name wrong. Oh, um, Holtzkin, Nick, Nicky yeah. Holtzkin. Nicky Holtzkin is um, perfect. That okay? <laughs> yeah, and uh, John Wayne Parr, they've barely agreed to fight. Um, how do you see that fight going? To be honest. Uh... I'm a John. I know I, I grew up with the K1 Max fighters. I trained a lot with Andy Sauer. You know, he's a great friend of mine, and he yeah. is at the same time as uh, John Wayne Parr. I know that John Wayne Parr is coming from a serious uh, recovery. It was his hip, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So for, I think Nikki is looking a little bit for an easy fight. I don't think it would be an easy fight, but, you know, I don't know. Nikki is active all those years, and Joey Parr just came from recovery. So yeah. I don't think it's really fair to fight immediately again. But Joey Parr is a is a veteran man, yeah. so maybe he will surprise the world and do much better than than I think. But you know, when I saw that, I was like uh, <laughs> looking for an easy fight. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's my honest opinion. I don't uh, talk bad about John Ripper. He's a legend, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know you. I mentioned I listened to another podcast with you from a few years ago. And on that, you mentioned the likes of um, UFC and Bellator. They really helped with getting the MMA in a cage um, sort of popularized in the Netherlands. Yeah. Is, is that part of your future? Do you think moving to UFC or Bellator? Uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't know. You never know, man. You never know. I, I, one has always treated me with respect. And not, and I don't say this those kind of things if you know because I sign with them. Because once again, I'm an honest guy. If they treat me bad, I will say they are they are fucked up and they uh, you know <laughs> that they can get this one. <laughs> but they treat me fair and square, you know. Uh, in Holland, we have a saying: the grass is always greener at the at the other side. Yeah. You know, but I appreciate that. You know, one gave me the opportunity because when I won the WFL tournament, it also included a Bellator contract. Nice. But uh, because of Bellator, they at that time you were just coming into uh, the Europeans, and they the roster was too full and they had uh, less uh, events so they, had, they they told me I, I had to wait for a contract for a little time and then my manager at the time he was the manager of Andy Sauer he arranged a contract with one and one uh, said okay this contract isn't as much as I wanted but if I fight well then they will give me a, a much better contract a lucrative contract in, in my second contract, so my contract is over around 
March, I think. So I still have two fights on it. Yeah. I really want one fight, at least one fight. No, I never said no to a fight. I always, I'm always ready. So I, I feel at home at one. But you never know. I really don't want to leave one. But yeah, I don't. I can't see into the future. But for now, I'm, I'm happy. You know, uh, I can't wait to sign a new contract with with uh, with one. I can't wait to have an, another fight. Uh, you know, the Asian Asian community, the Asian fans are awesome. Man. Even when I fought in Manila, you know, I had four bodyguards when I walked out of the cage. We had to push people away because they want to touch me and make pictures. That <laughs> ah, was so awesome, man. The, the fans in, in Asia are, are, are awesome, are crazy, and they respect you. If you win or lose, they respect you. They they really appreci appreciate you, what you're doing for them, and try to entertain them. So, yeah, I, I don't see any reason to go to other organizations, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, this this next question I put this down, but like um, I don't you you've been so open, so <laughs> but I put down. Tell us something that people don't know about you. You know you've been very open, so it's. <laughs> Ooh, well, uh, what they don't know about me. Mm, I'm a kinky guy now. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Everyone knows now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm like, I'm what you see, what's what you get. I'm straightforward. I'm honest. Yeah, I'm honest. I try to be honest, but you know, I, this is who I am. <laughs> you know, uh, what I share on social media, that's what I do. I share my family. My life is simple. I'm just a normal Christian boy, you know. I, I wake up, I do my, ch I, I help uh, out with my children and my wife. I go to the gym two times a day. I eat, I drink, I, I don't drink alcohol. It's maybe that a lot of people don't know. I don't do drugs. Never did. Last time that I drank alcohol was 15 years old, I think. So, yeah, maybe that's yeah. <laughs> I, I like gaming. I like gaming and movies. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I really like Marvel, DC, games, you to, name it. And, uh, to be honest yeah. with you, I think we're all nerds secretly. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I, it's them. I don't know. Yeah. What you see is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. maybe, maybe I'm... I'm a kinky guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, um, if you if you wasn't doing MMA, what do you think you would be doing? To be honest, I really don't know, man. I'm I'm born and raised to be a fighter. You mm. know, I don't know anything else. You know, I'm half Dutch, half Ghanaian. Ghana means uh, warrior king. Yeah. Dutch people are known as conquerors. I, it's in my DNA, man. I don't yeah, know yeah. anything else. I I uh, graduated as a social worker, so uh, I worked with uh, uh, you know difficult children, mm. you know who has a, who have a, who have a bad startup. So maybe I was I w I would be doing 
that or maybe I would travel the world. I don't know, man. I, maybe I would be a YouTube gamer. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. Man. I, it's for me, it's, I'm, I'm a fighter. I don't know anything else. You know, I tried almost everything, you know, to be a normal guy. I tried to be a garbage man. I tried to be a social worker doesn't work for me i i just want to fight <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i really love it uh can i just ask you know you said you're a very religious guy um yeah. is is that where your nickname comes from the archangel is that yeah yeah uh, uh the nephew of boss Rutte, he gave me that uh uh nickname so shout out to hein his name is hein and he was uh, he was like yeah you're a religious guy and do you know the archangel i'm like yes they he said, yeah, they are the ultimate warriors of God. I'm like, yeah, so you, you should take Archangel as a nickname. Because at that time, I was growing in the MMA community. And people were giving me nicknames like the Tornado or, <laughs> you know, the, the Dragon. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't, I, you know, they were, with, they came up with some lame things. And then the archangel came up, and I was like, "Yeah." And I was always, I was always doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, "Hey, yeah, an angel thing." So, one plus one is two. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> makes sense. It's a very fitting name. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Why not? Um, so to wrap it up, um, you say you had a fight scheduled for the twenty second of January, which yeah, unfortunately was a was has been pulled. So, when can fans expect to see you back in action? Now then, I. I think around the end of February, maybe begin March. I really, uh, I'm, I'm bothering one a lot because I have some, some things to settle. Because my last fight, once again, wasn't me. Yeah. You no. Know? So I really want to destroy the next. I want and going to destroy the next opponent, so that I uh, make a statement again, like I always did, yeah. did and do. So uh, we were asking one a lot. Uh, hey, when, when we're fighting, I want to fight. You know, I'm ready. I, I'm healthy. You know, uh, the only thing I have to do is a COVID test, and then I'm good to go. So I think around maybe on the on the event of uh, Dimitri Johnson, that would be awesome. So yeah. we will see. But the the holidays are now over. So you know, in the holidays, uh, every organization is a little bit quiet, of course, because they yeah. have. Uh, holiday also yeah so now we're 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 back in business and waiting for confirmation so i think the end of february maybe they will reschedule uh my last opponent at the end of february maybe then he is ready i don't know <laughs> we, will, we will see i'm i'm ready for whoever so yeah. well we look forward to it certainly looking forward to seeing you get back to the best version of you yeah and, uh, yeah thank getting your hand raised so it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you yeah. today it's been it's been Same brilliant thing. can't thank you enough no problem take care you too Super necessary.